Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? like I'm the only one who does this. Well, okay, open book time. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I think we all do it from time to time. Oh, Lord, please, please, you know, and we'll, oh, Lord, you're the greatest. You're so amazing, you know, and, and we know sometimes, and the Lord knows us. This is what I love about the Lord. Just be honest with him in your prayer time. I mean, be respectful, but be honest with the Lord because he already knows. And this young man, you know, he, he looks at him, he says, why do you call me good? There's no one good except God. You don't know as much as you think you do, son. But then Jesus goes further. Look at verse 19, because he's going to go further to this rich young ruler, this religious man. He's going to lay down the commandments of God right before his feet. And in verse 19, he says, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. Now, many of you probably know a man named Ray Comfort. Ray Comfort has a ministry called Living Waters. And Ray Comfort has a Calvary connection also. He was brought over to the United States as a Calvary Chapel pastor. He served for a time in a, in a little Calvary Chapel in Southern California. But he has a ministry called Living Waters. And one of the things he teaches is evangelism, and he calls it the way of the master. And he gets it from passages like this, where the Lord will share the commandments of God as a way to expose our sinfulness. But, you know, that's scriptural. Galatians chapter 3, verse 24 and 25 says, Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. See, this is what the law does. This is what the commandments of God do. They go right at our conscience. They show us that we are sinful. They're schoolmasters, the King James says, to bring us to the truth of the gospel. The law doesn't save us. It brings us to the one who can save us. It, to it shows us our condition, that we are sinful and we are lost. James chapter 1 tells you and I that it's a mirror as well. For if anyone, verse 23, is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his face or his natural face in a mirror. Verse 24, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not forgetful, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Again, the law has many purposes. But its greatest purpose is to show us our condition. It's a tutor to tell us that we need help. <laughs> Do you know we need help? <laughs> we are all sinful. Every one of us, every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And that's what the law does. It reveals our condition. It's like a tutor, a schoolmaster, or a mirror. And without the law impacting the conscience, we think we're pretty good people. I'm sure this rich young ruler thought he was a pretty good guy. You know, Ray Comfort, well, he teaches this, and if you've ever seen his examples, I, I love it because when I first saw Ray uh, evangelizing this way, I was at a different place in my Christian walk, and I was like, man, that seems kind of mean. 
why doesn't he just love them and talk to them real nice, you know? I was just at a different place, and then I realized how profound it was, and I've shared this many times. I've shared the gospel in this way, and I've seen the fruit of it. And, and bear with me for those who already know, but what Ray will often say is, you know, are you a good person? He will talk to people and say, you think you're a good person? And most people in the world say, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. You think you'll go to heaven or hell? Well, heaven, you know, God will give me a break. And then Ray will say, hey, okay, so can I give you a good person test? And they're like, sure, why not? And so he'll start, and he goes through some of the commandments, and he says, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever told a lie? Well, well, yeah, everybody has, you know, and that's always the rationalist. Everyone's told a lie. Of course I've told a lie. Okay, well, what do you call somebody who tells lies? And they're reluctant, usually. It's so funny how people are so alike, and this conversation goes almost the same so many times. Well, then you, you take it and you say, okay, what do you call me if I tell a bunch of lies? A liar. Then they have no problem calling you a liar. Okay, okay, so what do I have, have you ever stolen anything? Most people say, no, I've never stolen anything. You go, well, you've already told me you're a liar. How can I trust you? And then they'll say, well, you know, I don't think I've stolen anything. Maybe a candy bar. Or if they really get stubborn about it, I always say something like this. You ever stolen an answer off a test? <laughs> you ever downloaded something you shouldn't have? Free song? They're like, well, okay, well, maybe I've stolen something. And we ask, okay, and Ray teaches it this way. What do you call somebody who steals? It's so funny, because half the people say, a stealer. <laughs> no, it's a thief, a thief. Okay, and then what about this one? Have you ever lusted after somebody of the opposite sex? Have you ever lusted after someone? And they all go, oh, yeah, but everybody has. Okay, but you know, Jesus says that's the same sin as adultery. How about this one? Have you ever hated somebody? Well, yeah. Okay, Jesus said that's the same sin as murder. And then he'll often say, have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? Oh, well, yeah, I've used it. Okay. By your own admission, and he says, I'm not judging you. I'm just showing you God's standard. By your own admission, you're a lying, thieving, adulterate heart, murderer heart, and a blasphemer. <laughs> if you stand in front of God on judgment day, are you going to be innocent or guilty? The conscience. See, God left a faithful remnant, this thing called the conscience, within us. It's like antenna. And we can hear his word. It's still there, even in our fallen state. And lo and behold, almost every single person I've ever shared the gospel like this with, or that Ray does on some of his program, you might see, they all come to the same conclusion. Well, that means everybody's lost. Everybody's a sinner. Now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. But see, this is what the law does. It reveals our condition. It reveals our sinfulness. It drives us to the need of a Savior. Could you imagine this? This is one of the examples I heard years ago. Imagine you're walking down the street in a crowded city, and a man walks up to you, and he has a syringe in his hand. And he says, you know what? I love you so much. I care about you so much. I sold everything I have to get this cure, this cure you need because you're dying of a disease, and I'm going to inject you right now. Is that okay? <laughs> I think we'd probably run. But it's all about context. Now let's change context. You go to a doctor who's your dear friend, who loves you very much, who cares about you. You've been going to this doctor for years. You trust him. He runs a bunch of tests, and he finds out you have a very rare terminal disease. He also finds out there's a 100% cure available in Switzerland. I just made that up, but, you know, they're always neutral, so I'll use Switzerland. And he sells everything he has because he cares about you. He's your friend. He sells everything he has, and he goes and buys the syringe of the cure. It's exactly what you need. It will cure you. He's already told you the diagnosis. He told you 
that you are going to die without the cure. He sells everything because you're his friend and he loves you. And then in his office that day, he says, "Ben, I have it right here. Now, you see the context? You're going to roll up your sleeve and say, thank you so much. I mean, some of us would have a hard time receiving that kind of gift. And that is the gospel in a nutshell. Because our God, our King, came to this earth and provides us the cure And he says it's given by grace alone through faith. It's a gift of God. And yet how many people reject it and say, I don't want that free gift. No, that's too much. You can't. Or or they say, that's not complex enough. I need some kind of religious system. It's heartbreaking because the gospel is that simple. And that's the wonderful thing about the law. Psalm 19, 7 through 8 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing The heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. This isn't telling us that we're saved by the law. It's telling us that it opens our eyes. It shows us our condition. It drives us to a Savior. That's what the law does. And I love this because that's what Jesus is doing here. Verse 19 again, and then look at his response in verse 20, this young man. Verse 19, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. I'm a good person. Do you see? And here's the thing. I have no doubt this young man was sincere because you know Jesus hated hypocrisy. He always called out hypocrisy, but he doesn't do that here. I think this young man was really fooled in believing he was good. Because in his eyes, in his measure, and probably the system around him, he had held to the law as good as anyone else around him. But again, we don't compare ourselves to those around us. We compare ourselves to Jesus. Now how are you doing? (laughs) His law is perfect. His standard is perfect. One sin keeps us out of heaven because he is perfect and holy and righteous. But he's so loving and gracious that he sent his son to die for us. You know, I don't know if uh, the slide's up there. Is the slide up there with the... The Gospel of Mark with the one red door. So think about it. This is what the Lord did for us, for you and me. There's a giant cliff. There's a thousand doors painted white. And one, I should say, 999 doors painted white. And if you walk through any of those doors, you will fall to your death. You will die. But he says, if you walk through the one red door, the one way, you will be saved. Well, that's just unfair. That's (laughs) narrow-minded. Indeed it is. Because the path is narrow. But he made it so simple. All you have to do is walk through the one door, the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. And that's an awesome thing. And, you know, that's what the law does. It directs us to that one door. And so his response, oh, yeah, you know, I've done that. I'm a good person. But this is what I love, again, because often when we get into spiritual discussions with people, arguments over scripture or over doctrine. We want to beat them over the head with the Bible, you know, and we want to win that when we really, we don't, we shouldn't be wanting to win the argument. We need to be concerned about winning the soul for Jesus. And you're not going to do that by beating, trust me on this, as one who has a lot of experience of beating people up with the Bible, I had to repent because that was who I was for many years. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website.
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.